0: Thank you.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFerra, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This 11th episode is for the week of July 9th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I am so happy to have a longtime professional astrologer, eclipse expert, and the president of our San Diego Astrological Society, April Elliot Kent from Big Sky Astrology, join me in a discussion on Eclipse Season, Summer 2018. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early access uh, for Sundays on, for only $1 a month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our Lunar Lady is now in the tail end of her waning cycle as we start out the week in the airy communicative sign of Gemini, where she will reside until midweek when she moves into the watery domicile of Cancer. We are then on approach for the solar eclipse, new moon in Cancer on Thursday, uh, Friday, depending on your location, which of course, April and I will be discussing in more detail later in this episode. I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. Um, So now that our lunar lady will be in her waxing phase after this eclipse happens, we can then move into the heart-centered fire sign of Leo on Friday, where she will remain until moving into practical earth sign of Virgo on Sunday. Just a quick heads up, all times are approximations uh, for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, basically the following day. Keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, also known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. This week, we have quite the plethora of planetary action going on, Uh, and it's also my birthday week. Monday is my birthday, July 9th, so I am excited um, and very interested to see what is going to be happening as this affects my solar return chart for the year. Um, So, what is happening? Well, Mercury meets Jupiter in the beginning of the week as we are winding down that monthly lunar cycle. Uh, We can now finish what is left on our plate, while we move to a new moon solar eclipse in Cancer on Thursday. Um, And then we will have our yearly planetary showdown between the sun and Pluto, as well as a grand trine uh, in Earth with Saturn, Uranus, and Venus, uh, who is moving into Virgo early in the week. So let's dive in. On Monday, uh, we have the moon in Taurus, uh, and the moon will move into Gemini later in the morning if you're over here on the Pacific coast, uh, and the moon will square Venus and trine Mars. And so on Monday, we have Mercury, who will be squaring Jupiter, who is still retrograde, but is currently stationing. So there's a lot of power behind that Jupiter energy right now. Um, And Jupiter is in Scorpio, and Mercury is currently in Leo. Um, And so that mercurial function of communication, information collecting, learning, processing, distributing, uh, is going to meet a square, which a square is challenge. It's It's events. We're called into motion. Um, And if it's frustrating, it's really nobody's fault. And then that Jupiter principle is expanding our world, growth, movement in some way. And so really this transit can go one of two, ray, two ways. On the positive side, our minds are being called into the big picture and to examine the more abstract approaches to our self-actualization. This energy can allow us to process and take action on aligning with the self-leadership and creativity necessary to turn the corner in our growth process. Especially with Jupiter stationing in Scorpio, the planetary influence is particularly strong right now, allowing the shift from all the inner growth we have been doing over the past four months to be redirected into a plan for the future that incorporates conclusions we can now set into motion as we move forward in life. Side note, if all of the pieces have come together to line up, this could be a potentially beneficial time for taking action on transactions or business deals. Now, the not-so-positive side of this transit can have us missing details and overlooking key elements into whatever grand vision or our mind is set out (laughs) to conquer. So be sure to dot those I's and cross those T's before moving forward as it's easy to miss some of those intricacies now. Also watch out uh, for arrogant communications with others, especially with Mercury being in prideful Leo and Jupiter in intense Scorpio. And with Jupiter stationing, the tendency to go overboard could be especially strong this week. Also be aware of misplaced optimism or idealism. Do your best to incorporate those hopeful intentions with a little dose of practicality. And so we also have Venus moving into Virgo on Monday, uh, which Virgo is the sign of her fall or what is known as depression, um, which is when a planet is more depressed or opposite their own power or they're falling downward in such a manner to lower the quality in the way that the planet um, wants to act. And then it can disparage the affairs associated with it. So since Virgo is ruled by Mercury, it raises the intellectual process that can override that more sensual or pleasurable response that Venus uh, normally has. So let's just say our gal Venus is most likely going to be much more selective and picky as to who she shows her affections to during this period. So relating might be a little bit more sterile or intellectually driven, yet the upside to this period is an increased receptivity to health practices and the cleansing of our bodily tempo temples. And Virgo is the sign of purity. So this will be a fertile time to get grounded in your self care practices. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Thread and Seed here in San Diego, who I just did a recent um, uh, beginner astrology course at a few weeks ago. And they have uh, clean beauty care uh, and skincare products there. And I have picked up a few because it's not always been my forte. And oh my gosh, my skin is looking and feeling amazing um and so yeah I'm doing it myself <laughs> so just just you know um and so also Virgo is good with details so if your creative projects need some in-depth examination this can be a good time for that as well so those self-care practices those uh, tightening up those creative projects uh, and just getting a more healthy routine overall and so Venus is going to be in Virgo until August 6th just so you know. And so the bottom line for Monday is that this day this is a day where communications will be ramped up, especially since the moon is moving to Gemini uh, and squaring that Jupiter, and we can look at the tasks before us in a clever way. The mind is grasping the big picture, yet may need help with the details. Restlessness will be in the air, giving us nervous mental energy that flows from one thing to the next. Because uh, Gemini likes to speed up and transition uh, and is very mental energy. And so on Tuesday, our moon is still in Gemini and will make a sextile to Mercury, square and square Neptune. And so on Tuesday, our notable notable transit going on is that Jupiter is stationing direct in Scorpio, as I just spoke of. Uh, and Jupiter will be stationing at 13 degrees Scorpio. And it has been retrograde uh, since March 8th of 2018. So after that four-month stay of uh, retrograde action, the planet of expansion, growth, and some good old-fashioned luck is going to resume forward motion. So these days can provide crucial insight, especially with that Mercury-Jupiter square I just spoke of, for how to proceed growing and expanding, particularly in the Scorpio realm. While Jupiter has been in the land of the scorpion, uh, there has certainly been many changes and transitions that have supported the growth principle, particularly with that being the sign that deals with beginnings and endings, as well as uncovering any hidden material that needs to be brought to light and transformed. So I have a feeling this will be a fertile period moving forward as Jupiter is now rounding out its scorpionic stay and will be full steam ahead to move into Sagittarius, the sign of his domicile, on November 8th, 2018. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is, early on in the day, there will be an opportunity to get some communications underway or deal with any business that needs attending to with that sextile to Mercury. This is also a time of completing, not beginning. So take the day in stride and attend to what is unfinished since we are waning down in that moon cycle. Chances are there will be the desire to escape later on into our own worlds uh, with that square to Jupiter. Excuse me, that square to Neptune, um, and energy could drop a bit in the evening. Just so you know. Now on Wednesday uh, we have the Moon still in Gemini, but we'll move to the watery uh, realms of Cancer uh, later in the morning here on this Pacific coast, and so the Moon will sextile Venus and Uranus, and then a make an opposition to Saturn. And so on Wednesday, we have Venus who will be making her trine to Uranus in Taurus. And now Venus has just moved into Virgo, as I stated earlier. And so that relating principle, relationships, resources, um, our creative projects, that social element, is going to be flowing, um, since we have that trine energy, towards Uranus, the planet of awakening, of fast, unexpected change, of a turnaround. Um, And so our grand trine in Earth is really just giving Getting his first contact with Venus, who is uh, now in conversation with that great awakener, um, which is Uranus's little nickname. And so this is likely a reminder that it is time to get out of our comfort zones and routines in some way to allow conditions to awaken with new life. So if your relationship, social life, or creative self has gotten a little stuffy, today could provide an opportunity to break out of that rigid pattern in some way and add a little innovation to your daily life. Just be sure to adjust that heady Virgo space to allow for that insightful and progressive energy to flow in for practical use. And so the bottom line for Wednesday is we are on countdown to that new moon solar eclipse. And just like yesterday, this is a day to tackle what still needs attention. There may be unexpected opportunities in relationships or creative projects that can bring tangible results. Our lunar response moves from airy and objective to watery and subjective about midday. So go with the flow of feelings as a nugget of wisdom may flow in for practical application. Now on Thursday, uh, Thursday's our big day this week, and I'm sure we'll be filling in midweek through the weekend, but Thursday is the day that things go down. And what are those things? (laughs) Well, we have our solar eclipse, our new moon solar eclipse in Cancer, 20 degrees Cancer. And we also have the sun opposing Pluto that day. Um, And then our moon is also trining Jupiter and Neptune, opposing that Pluto, and then conjuncting the sun, which is our solar eclipse. And so let's break this down a little bit. Um, well, let's start with that solar eclipse at 20 degrees Cancer. Um, and this is obviously a supercharged new moon as it is considered a partial eclipse, um, even though it is not in the sign polarity that our lunar nodes are currently in. Um, and of course, I'm going to wait to go into much detail regarding this solar eclipse since we have our eclipse expert, April Elliott Kent, coming on later in the program. But with any new moon energy, this is the time where we are deciphering what it is we are going to undertake for the next lunar month, as well as a longer eclipse-oriented time period. Since we are rebirthing in the sign of the crab, we are likely to be setting up new conditions for greater inner security and self-nourishment, along with home and foundational building. And with that opposition from Pluto, it may be necessary to dis- deconstruct any foundation that no longer is supporting us emotionally in order to find a greater sense of home, literally and figuratively speaking, as we move forward. And so let's talk about the sun opposition to Pluto because the sun is our guiding light, that solar uh, response, you know, the where we turn a page in life and how we awaken to the self. And so having an opposition, uh, which an opposition usually is calling to us to make a choice or a decision in some way, or where we're able to see a bird's eye view of something, or we are have a tug of war of indecision uh, in a way. Um, and so that is going to be with Pluto, and Pluto is in Capricorn, and Pluto is the principle of transformation, uh, deep emotional, instinctual material, situations that can cause great change or that initiate us by taking us down uh, Alice's rabbit hole, in a way. And so here we have our yearly opposition of the sun to Pluto, when circumstances that may be particularly intense or hidden can come out to be illuminated by the sun's rays. This can be a few-day period when a power struggle comes to light or deep instinctual emotions arise to be dealt with. Oppositions can certainly touch on indecision since we have two planets that are representing opposing sides of the spectrum. So if any fears arise that make it hard to choose or decide, follow that solar principle that is trying to show the way towards creative, uh, creative life change that is also aligned with your purpose. And it seems rather well-timed that this is all happening um, at the time of our first solar eclipse that kicks off this summer's eclipse season. So you can be sure that the aspect will be a powerful factor in the renewal that these eclipses are trying to bring forth. The planets are in cardinal signs, which also initiates change and new forward momentum. So if things start to break down in life, particularly relationships or shadow aspects of yourself, this is a time to face it head on. For if you go through Pluto, or also known as Alice's rabbit hole, you'll find yourself emotionally refreshed. With most things that Pluto touches, the only way out is through. So allow yourself to go to whatever dark place is necessary in order to renovate your life. Ultimately, this is a time of ambitious, emotionally and cre- emotional and creative change. And so the bottom line for Thursday, which there's a lot going on here, um, is this is a day of fresh energy in situations that confront us with renewal. Our Cancer moon reactivates a grand water trine with Jupiter and Neptune and is bringing the growth, healing, and inspiration and sacrifice needed to make the decisions necessary towards creative change. This is a great day to take honest stock of your life, which will help bring clarity of focus while also reinvigorating your purpose going forward. And so, on Friday, uh, we still have aspects going on. <laughs> it is a busy week. And so, Friday, we have Venus, who will be making a trine to uh, Saturn, in uh, who is retrograde in Capricorn. And so, once again, we have that Venus Principle, uh, which is a social relationships, how we relate to others, what we open up to. Um, And once again, it's a trine. So things are flowing. Things are sudden. It's a rapid uh, development. There's a removal of all obstacles. Um, And what is Saturn? Saturn is our obstacles uh, that, um, you know limitation that might stand in our way um, or structure that we need or when we need to commit to something or be more responsible or take authority on a situation. Um, so with this trying to Venus, we are most likely looking for stability in our relationships along with practical and tangible results. We may need to call upon fresh solutions to get there through, uh, you know, since we have Uranus trining in to have its say, and Uranus always wants to innovate and have, you know, fresh new approaches to things. So you can now help strengthen a relationship by clearing out any emotional clutter with the goal of providing a new foundation that has been innovated upon. And if you're not in a relationship, it could be your own purifying approach that helps build a more solid foundation to find a partner. Commitments in relationships could have to do with more of the worldly plane, um, such as making financial plans or conserving what you have and discerning where to use your resources, you know, all that adult stuff that, you know, Capricorn and Saturn like to deal with. (laughs) Uh, so, relating creative projects and our social lives will be gaining greater stability through the process of weeding out the chaff, our, uh, and what am I trying to say, that Virgo, uh, that Virgo analogy when we, uh, oh, pull the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> we're not weeding it, we're pulling the wheat from it, um, and then discerning what it is that we need to, you know, reasonably go forward And so the bottom line for Friday is behavior moves from initiating water to fixed fire. Um, Because we have the moon in Cancer moving to Leo. I'm not even sure if I said that. I jumped right into that venus trine Saturn. Um, And so the moon will be making a square to Uranus and opposite Mars that day as well. So we have that move from Cancer to Leo, which will happen about mid-morning here on the Pacific coast. Um, So once again, that's moving from initiating water to that fixed fire energy. And there are likely to be some disruptions or restlessness earlier on in the day with the evening possibly heating up because we do have that opposition to Mars. There could be confrontation or irritation with another at this time, so chalk this up to another Mars retrograde learning experience. And if any of this happens within a relationship or socially, it could be bringing us back to reality with the confrontation of our own expectations. So air out what is necessary to strengthen the bond. Now with, on Saturday, um, and Saturday and Sunday, we are we have moved through the transits. We have gotten through the bulk of that week. Uh, but we do have on Saturday the moon stell in Leo, and she will square Jupiter and then conjunct Mercury. And so the bottom line uh for Saturday is that this day could start out a little hazy with either us not wanting to do much or taking uh you know taking brunch too far, leaving us a little immobile, a little tired, uh, a little lazy with that square to Jupiter. Um, But also be aware of the tendency for going overboard or being extravagant in general, uh, because that could be in the air. And so later on, our feelings get some clarity with the moon conjuncting Mercury, and we may feel the desire to talk out how we feel with a loved one. If the week was a little on the rough side, this could be that moment when understanding comes through. And so on Sunday we have the moon who is now in Virgo um and we'll trine Uranus and Saturn and then conjunct Venus. Uh so the bottom line for Sunday is we have our grand trine in earth reactivated with the moon now in Virgo. So making uh it's making a connection with Uranus, Saturn and Venus. And so this could be an excellent day of practical problem solving and attending to mundane affairs in an innovative and stabilizing way. If you need to clean up your surroundings or try out a beauty or health regimen, this could be the day we are ready to give it a go and do the work necessary. Practical matters are now in the flow. All right, so that's a lot going on this week. Whew, so it's definitely an impactful week, I would say. We are eclipsed into new territory that is initiating fresh conditions and opening us up to the next chapter of our lives. A confrontation may arise regarding what creative changes are necessary and what priorities are crucial to focus on for increased growth and greater innovation in our lives. Uh, so get in that practical flow and hold space for where that will lead lead you this week. Okay, so let's look at the cards as they really add another dimension to everything that it is that I summarized earlier. And so this week I drew the magician as the focus and the four of wands as the grounding. And so with the magician as the focus, there is the potential for some strong manifestation energy to be available this week. The magician represents the archetype of the achiever, where we are able to realize our potential by utilizing the resources we possess and focusing on the goal at hand. With all this potential, it is most likely that circumstances are shifting, and that is why we have this empty creative space to work with in the first place. Make the choices necessary to embody and embrace the knowledge that you have to create the conditions in your life you desire. Align your consciousness with what is trying to come into being right now and then take action. The power is ultimately in your hands. And with that four of wands as our grounding card, this likens to some sort of celebration or foundational goal that has been achieved. This card supports the magician in that we may feel quite proud with the achievements we have under our belts, so do not be afraid to pat yourself or another on the back this week. And since the four can also represent the freedom from circumstances or releasing and transmuting emotional baggage, which is so perfect for our son meeting Pluto this week, let this card give you the grounding necessary to take a hold of the magician's skills and wave the wand towards a more uplifted spirit. And last, but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the beaver.
0: Uh, uh.
1: Our friend the beaver is associated with productiveness and doing the damn thing already. So if you have something before you that needs your attention, now is the time to just do it. The prep work has been done. The plans have been set, and there is nothing left on your plate other than to give it a go. So if you find yourself making excuses this week, ask why that is. Why are you trying to prevent this productive energy that is trying to work through you? Find enthusiasm for the task at hand and get to it. If you need anything along the way, trust that others will provide the support needed. Now is the time to get moving, building your proverbial dam branch by branch. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with how the energy of the week will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Uh, And you don't have to be a tarot expert, you just need a deck of cards and an adventurous spirit to give it a go. Um, And so because it's my birthday week, and it's an impactful eclipse week, I am uh, giving this weekly spread out free to all people who want to partake this week. Um, So I encourage you to go to Patreon to check it out. Um, and what happens, just so you know, you know, how this all works every Sunday, I release a short video outlining the custom spread while encouraging you to share your cards and your questions. Um, and it's basically there to help you gain insight through the cards uh, because I combine the astrological transits of the week with those purposeful card placements so you can best understand how the planetary energy works for you. I also highlight a crystal and an inspirational quote that works through the whole theme of the spread. Um, and so this complimentary spread uh, is going to be focused on focus, <laughs> focus, clarity, and excellence um, with this solar eclipse and plutonian um, energy, as well as that earth trine. So go on down uh, to give it a go this week and let me know what you think. I would love to find out more um, of how this impacts other people or if it's a service that people, you know, find interesting and valuable. Um, So go check out that sample spread that will be free this week. You can do so at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guests. All right. I'd love to welcome my very special guest this week, April Elliot Kent.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Mel. This is a treat. Oh. I just to chat with you is a treat.
1: Well, I can certainly say the same about you because um, April is uh, the current president of our San Diego Astrological Society, which I've been serving on the board for for a couple years. Um, and every, anytime I get to chat with April, it is Ex- that, just that, exactly a treat. It could be that uh, you know my Mercury Jupiter conjunction in Leo just happens to meet her son in Leo. Could be, uh, it could be, it could be. So I take any opportunity I can <laughs> to pick oh, April's brain. So sweet. <laughs> um, all
0: right, so April, tell us a little bit about yourself, real quick, uh, and you know what you do. Well, I. Been an astrologer since 1990. I think you were just like a zygote at that point, (laughs) practicing astrology. Um, And I started studying when I was a little kid. I was about 12 when I started studying. Like a lot of people, they have that Jupiter return and something calls to them and they get involved in astrology. And I'm the author of three books. I wrote um, The Essential Guide to Practical Astrology and Astrological Transits and um, a little wedding book. And I have had my website, Big Sky Astrology, since 19... It was actually 1999 that I started it and I registered the domain in 2000. So it's like old enough to vote now. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) And I really kind of have specialized it. It's weird. I've never really done a ton of relationship astrology, but early on, and I think it's because my moon in the seventh house squares my midheaven really closely. And... I've always been known as a relationship astrologer, even though I kind of am not. I don't really do that. But whenever I speak at conferences and and all the research I do tends to be around relationship astrology. So I do that. But my big passion really, and I'm so thrilled we're talking about it today, is eclipse cycles. And in particular, in the natal chart, because a lot of people talk about them in a mundane sense, or, you know, with world affairs and politics, and that's all really important and great, but it's not where I'm coming from. I just found they're really interesting when you put them into your natal chart. Mm. Well, we want to hear all about it, April. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's why you're here today because I was like, okay, so I'm looking at the schedule. And I'm like, who, who would be great to have on for the next couple of shows, this and that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, clip season. Well, of course, sure. I'm going to ask April,
0: sure.
1: <laughs> um, and that's what exactly what we're going to be talking about uh, here today is that eclipse season um, for summer 2018, and we do have a uh,
0: somewhat rare eclipse season because we actually have three eclipses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that? It's not unprecedented. I no. mean, it, it can happen, but you'll have years at a time where you just have the standard, like for a year, you know, every six months we have at least a solar eclipse when the new moon is close to the lunar nodes. So you can have a lunar eclipse either side of that within two weeks. And every now and again, you have a situation like you do this summer, where we have two new moons in a, in a row that are both solar eclipses. So it's, it's not super, super unusual, but it has not been the norm over the last few years for sure. But we're going to have a couple of years where we have numerous eclipses uh, in a season. Mm, well, something to look forward to, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yes, look out for. Yeah, you,
1: know, you want to look at it. Oh, and that's what we will be talking about. So that being said, you know, April. Why are eclipses so important and so dynamic in in our charts and in the
0: world? And not everyone is mm. for your particular chart, and that's the thing I like to start out with. I mean, there's a couple of different ways you could look at them, but they mark turning points. You know, they are when we are forced to move in a new direction. So in natal astrology, I think they're particularly potent if they're making a strong aspect to something in your birth chart. So like within, I use a four degree orb, which is actually pretty generous. A lot of astrologers will only use one or two degrees. But I think if you have a planet or especially an angle within four degrees of an eclipse point, um, you're a lot more likely to have a really strong reaction to the eclipse. Um, And if it's a planet in particular that is in a tense configuration with other things, you know, we all have these little points in our chart that are like an Achilles heel. And, you know, if a transit hits or a progression hits it, or something, you know, you're really going to feel that one. Um, And obviously when eclipse comes along really closely aspects that point, it's going to be, you know, like the doctor hits your knee with a ball peen hammer and your reflexes go ding. Um, So if you have something, for instance, in your chart between 16 and 24 degrees of cancer, this first uh, solar eclipse that's coming up on the 12th is, you know, an important one for you personally. But not every single one is, or at least every single one is not so super dramatic. Well, thank goodness for that. <laughs> well, you need an intermission
1: now and then. Yes, absolutely. And okay, so within your orbital range, I just fell in there with my birthday happening this week. That's, yeah. that's 16, 70 degrees uh, cancer. Um, and uh, April, would you say that it's it's mostly the conjunctions when we have planets conjunct that point? Or I'm
0: assuming oppositions would be just as strong, uh, squares? Yeah, and those are the only ones I use. Now, people will always come to me and say, Well, I have a trine to this or a sextile to that. And I'm like, Well, I mean, that's nice. But because the nature of eclipses is is they're an energy of change, usually a trine or sextile is not going to kick off a lot of change in your life. And the other thing is, it's sort of like putting lots of different trans Neptunians and asteroids and stuff into a chart. It begins to muddy the waters a little bit. And the what I like to do with eclipses is to keep it really simple because then the patterns really pop. So if you just stick to a fairly close um, conjunction opposition or square uh, to, you know, planets and angles, you start to be able to see these patterns unfolding in your life. If you go back, you know, periodically and, and um, we'll probably talk a little more about that. Uh-oh. My phone. Sorry. <laughs> the train has arrived well, uh, yeah it's like it's on it's on sleep but my husband's like a vip person so it came well, of course <laughs> oh. roar over here sorry johnny <laughs> <laughs> i love johnny he'll understand, he'll understand. oh
1: and this is why i love april with that sad rising <laughs> you never <laughs> know <Yeah. laughs> You just got to roll with it. You roll yeah. with those punches. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So I'm curious because... Well, the whole premise of eclipses are based on, because we have new moons and full moons every month, right? <laughs> That's no n- new thing. Um, but we have eclipses because they're based on a nodal pr- position with our nodes. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, April, or maybe the idea that we have so many, uh, a handful of eclipses that happen in that, that same nodal pattern.
0: Right, right. Thoughts on that? Yeah. So the deal is, like I said before, you only get eclipses when a new moon or a full moon falls within a certain orb of the transiting lunar nodes. And the reason we don't have an eclipse at every new moon and full moon is because of this nodal axis. And you know where the new nodes come together and it's like a little hula hoop with the ecliptic? If you get a new moon or a full moon at that point, that's why you get an eclipse. So you're not going to get that every month. And the difference between total and partial eclipse and so forth is the distance from the lunar nodes. This is only a partial one. And it's you know, the one that's coming up on July 12th. And it's only going to be visible in a pretty small part of the world. But like that one we had last summer, the Great American Eclipse, that was huge and total and very close to the lunar nodes. So that's what distinguishes it. Um, So, you know, you can get, as I say, they're they're not super rare. We think eclipses are these big, scary, rare things. And they're not at all. (laughs) We have them twice every year. Now it's relatively rare to have a total eclipse visible in a place where you live. Uh, that's why the one last summer was so exciting and so dynamic. But if it wasn't hitting anything in particular in your chart in a hard way, it probably wasn't a big eclipse. I mean, for me, it wasn't a, a super huge eclipse. I mean, my business got really busy <laughs> because I sell this eclipse report, you know. Um, so I had a lot of of orders. So it was that. But otherwise, um, it really, I think, has to be tripping off something in your particular natal chart in a strong way.
1: So even if the eclipse is so say we have an, a, a partial eclipse or we have the eclipse that's total, do they have the same impact if it closely charts or closely aspects your chart in particular or would that total one so say we have the uh, conjunction of say, your Venus to uh, that you know, uh, you know what I mean? like is, is it going to have that same impact or will that total eclipse like really drive it? A, a theme. I'm not really sure. I'm
0: not really sure I can speak to that. I haven't looked, I haven't parsed it out that way. The thing that I will say is you look at the eclipse chart itself mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I know we're going to look at the individual eclipses we have coming up this summer. And if you look at the specific chart for the time of the eclipse, that will tell you a lot about the energy of the eclipse. A lot of people will go back and like Bernadette Brady has done work with the Saros cycle. And we can talk about that where she goes back to the origin chart, the very mm-hmm. first eclipse in the in the seros family and she will read those i've had varying degrees of success with that but i think really um if it's hitting something sensitive in your chart and especially if that same point is under pressure from other transits Mm. and progressions because for instance with this eclipse on the 12th the sun and the moon are exactly opposed pluto in the sky Mm. And that is the energy of that eclipse. So we know if you're a person who has the sun, you know, as you do, very close to this eclipse point, we know you you've also been getting a lot of pressure from transiting Pluto. Oh yes. <laughs> so it just accentuates that energy. It says, Okay, here is a turning point for you in that transit, in that whole transiting cycle even now. Because as you know, a transit of Pluto takes more. Ever. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> oh, You're your sun for a long time. So when we want to look at a transit like that and say when is it really going to get activated? You know, we'll look at a few things. We'll say, well, whenever Pluto stations every six months or so, that kind of gives it a little bit of an oomph mm. as it's coming within a certain, you know, a degree or two of the exact aspect. That's really important. And I would say an eclipse like this one is really major as well. Ah. The other thing is the midpoint of the eclipse. Oh. We have eclipses every six months. So you look at when the sun is in the sign that squares the axis. Like for instance, you know, these eclipses are going to be happening. They've been happening in Aquarius and Leo, but then they're going to move into Capricorn and Cancer. So you look to the new moons in Libra and Aries and say, that is a point where you're really getting some energy around that eclipse point as well. Mm, I like that. I've never, I've never even thought about that before. I'm going <laughs> to, right. Yeah. But watch yeah. It. It's Really kind of fascinating to see it happen.
1: Oh, I'm going to go back and uh, luckily I
0: journal and
1: keep all my notes. And even though that it seems a bit much every day, but yes. in these things, it's very, very helpful. So before we dive into some of these configurations, um, like you were saying the the nodal uh, the nodes have been in leo and aquarius polarity uh since may 9th 2017 is when they moved there um, and then they're going to move into the cancer Capricorn axis uh, later this year in november mm-hmm. um, and so do you think that maybe any part of this solar eclipse in, in cancer that's happening now might
0: have some foreshadowing in that those areas i think absolutely because it's the first eclipse that we will have had in cancer at all since like 2010 or 2011 i forget which um because we had that whole cycle then so that's why if you look at nine year intervals what you're going to see is it's like this eclipse series as they begin to happen in capricorn and cancer i think really are a response to the call of the ones that we saw nine years ago when the nodes were flipped Oh. They were in the same signs, mm-hmm. but they were opposite. So there is a thread that continues throughout your life um, that you can track back with eclipses. So yeah, I think this is like the opening salvo, if you will, in the whole <laughs> Capricorn thing that will be going on. And I think when we have eclipses for the first time in you know that, that comes into this new sign polarity they get our attention because it's kind of virgin territory in your chart that hasn't had the eclipse for nine years. Yeah. So when we get the first one, it's like, whoa, what was that? Because we've been like, we're just getting the hang of the Aquarius Leo ones because they've been stomping around really similar degrees um, so we've kind of gotten used to that, but yeah, now they're going into new signs. So lucky you missed cancer. I know. I was done with it, you know? Yeah. You're like, move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've been, we've done it. this. To see yeah.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, and good to know because these it's, it's just little nuggets of information like that, that will just help, you know, in hindsight as we encounter more eclipses and the cancer Capricorn polarity over the next uh, year and a half, two years,
0: I think mm-hmm. roughly. Um, good to know. So, <laughs> so uh, the things that were going on then, were you know, we were really in the depths of the recession. And mm-hmm. I think it was bringing up a lot of issues for people around employment. You know, the Capricorn part of it is, am I still going to be able to work for a living? And the Cancerian thing, just the deep need for security and safety and Um, feeling really keenly aware of people that were losing their homes, that were losing their jobs. It was a real crisis around cancer Capricorn issues. Mm. That's what we kind of look for. Uh, With eclipses um, moving into a new sign polarity, is where is the crisis going to be?
1: Yeah. Well, that's interesting you say that, at least for me personally, um, you know, especially having such prominent Cancer and Capricorn. It was around that time. I mean, I don't obviously have the dates or anything, but if we're talking about 2009 ish, uh, it was around the time that I had an online business selling vintage clothing that had done very well for several years. Uh, And then, like you said, with that recession, the economy collapsed. My business was literally cut in half because people couldn't that credit card bubble anymore on my, (laughs) my expensive clothing. Um, and it did, uh, obviously shift, uh, my sense of security financially and what I was doing there. Um, but you know, it was little shifts like that, that brought me
0: to talking to you here today, you know? So, and we have to remind ourselves of that during this Uranus and Taurus transit is that, you know, as scary as change seems at first, and it's yes. a wild ride over the last month or so. In the end, it just means there's an opportunity for something new, and I think that's always true with the eclipses. What I find with the eclipses is they rarely really come as a surprise. Mm. It's going to be something that you've been going along for a long time, knowing that likely something needs change. So even with your business back then, it might have been doing well, but there might have been even some part of you that had gotten to the point where it's like do I really want to keep doing it this way? Do I really need to go in a different direction? Is this what I want to keep doing? It's like, there's something, especially with Capricorn energy that once it's gotten to the top of the hill, it starts to get a little bored. (laughs) Usually we get to that point. I'm not trying to put, you know. No, um, you're dead on. Continue, April. (laughs) I think you get to that point and you go, oh, well, you know, you know, you feel it. You feel something in you that needs it's like you've taken a particular road as far as you can take it and it's time to turn around and start going in a new direction and um we're not always ready to do that because it's real scary to do it so i think that um eclipses have a little bit of an Aquarian uh, or uranium feeling rather really often because they do sort of jolt us but it's it rarely comes as a big surprise it The particular circumstances that bring you to the change might be a little bit surprising, but it's always because it's something that has been going on and you know something needs to change. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's good to remember because yeah. it, it gives us hope for the future. Right. Because obviously, I mean, personally, I think I'm way better off than I was in that moment in time. And I'm so grateful for the changes that had happened. And of course, it's a little, get a little bumbly along the way, trying to figure it all out. But I mean, there's, there's a, a rhyme to the reason. So to yes, it absolutely
0: is. <laughs> I agree with you.
1: So now let's talk about these eclipses these summer's uh, eclipses <laughs> um so basically we have that first solar eclipse on Thursday July 12th uh yes. 20 degrees cancer mm-hmm. um then we have a lunar eclipse which this one is more total i I think we are right up on that node for that one. That's Friday, July 27th, um, and that's four degrees Aquarius that the lunar eclipse happens. And then we have our second solar eclipse, number two, on Saturday, August 11th, and that will be happening at 18 degrees Leo, and that is also partial. So, April, I mean, do you see, do you have any initial first impressions about this summer eclipse season or where the energy is leading in particular
0: I mean, you don't have to. (laughs) One thing is that I'll say about the the July 12th. I mean, the most significant thing is this first eclipse in Cancer, because again, you know, we're starting to feel the urge for change in new areas of our chart. So, what you do is you look at the houses of your chart that receive that polarity, you know, Cancer and Capricorn, because that's the polarity where the the change needs to happen and where the action is. It doesn't matter what house system you're comfortable using. I mean, it's true across the board. Um, Because again, it's virgin territory eclipse wise. Now it's not virgin territory in other ways. We've had a lot of energy going on in Capricorn with Saturn and Pluto Mm. and so forth. So this just reintroduces the feminine element to it. I mean, there's feminine energy to Capricorn as well, but this is a very stereotypically feminine energy. Um, this Cancerian thing. So I think it's really significant that we're kicking off a new, uh, sign polarity. Um, the sun and the moon in opposition to Pluto in that one. And, and the fact that the sun and the moon are closer to the north node rather than the south, because I think there is a difference in the quality of eclipses with the north node as opposed to the ones with the south node. Because in the north node, the change is in service of moving us in a new and probably more positive direction eclipses close to the south, they'll usually say, yes, this change is going to require some loss mm. and some surrender, which we all just love so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's kind of hopeful at least to look at this and say, yeah, this is a lot of really heavy energy with this eclipse and a little bit scary You know, when you see that close of an opposition between the eclipse when in Pluto, uh, because Pluto is sort of like Mm, a self note energy in and of himself. He's like, you think you need this? Well, let's just see if you can get along without it. <laughs> you're like, no, I really need that because no, I really don't think you do. So you know, <laughs> that's the energy that's coming awake at this eclipse and saying, if you put that 20 degrees of cancer and capricorn in your chart, and you say, Where is Pluto saying yes, you need to let go? And cancer you know is receiving the energy of change and saying, Yeah, in in order to move forward in a new direction that is more um Makes me feel more at home in the world. It's more of a nurturing energy uh, of my higher self. Um, then I have to accept that change Then I have to go with it. And I have to listen to Pluto to some degree because he's saying they're on the south node. And he's saying, yeah, this south node business, you're done with this. You know, it's time to start moving in the new direction. I would say also that I'm looking at that grand trine in the air, mm-hmm. uh, rather in Earth, that's in that chart because we have Venus with Saturn and Uranus. My hope with that one is this means a little more stabilization around the changing relationship that's been going on with the relationship and money ever since Uranus has gone into Taurus in late May. So I feel this is a, looks a little more positive for Like, yeah, it's like there's been a giant earthquake and then we start to just, the shaking slows down just a little and we stabilize a little, I hope. So if you want to do a little journaling about this and you want to go back and say, okay, well, what were the big issues in my life last time we had eclipses around these points? You would go back to 2010, to 2000 and 2001, to 1991, to 1981 and 82, big year for me. Um, 1972 and 73, and 1962 through 1964, and then you can just keep going back and finding them at roughly nine-year intervals. Uh, but if people want to go back and kind of journal about those years and 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 think about it in terms of the planets that are getting aspected in your chart and the houses that they're in, and I think you'll start to see it's not that exactly the same things happen, but that because the same points in your chart are being activated you're working with similar issues mm-hmm. and they usually have the nature of the planet and or the houses that it's falling in. Yeah.
1: Well, that's interesting because all those, all those loose dates you just uh, those years really, they were important in my life. And like, once again, I'm, I am cancer, Capricorn energy. So of course it's going to be. Um, and even though, I mean, I was born in the late seventies, but even the one you're talking about 81, 82, that was significant in my life uh, per, for parental. That's when my parents right. separated.
0: Um, oh. And so here, Kansas, California, once again, you know, like uh, born on a full moon. It's, I'm really glad you said that because I will go through this process with people and they say, Well, I was so young. I don't know what happened. I said, What was happening with your parents? Yeah. Said, what was happening? Maybe the family made a big move or your dad changed careers or a divorce or something like that. So it's really common.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I probably didn't quite. I mean, I'm sure I felt it in the moment, but as time goes on, like those are very important things that set up, you know, much of who I am today, especially on a subconscious level. We just talked about that in the prior episode with Toby Geist. We were talking about family Mm -hmm. dynamics, Um, and so I do like what you're saying, April, about kind of hopefully stabilizing some of the this uh, earth. Energy or that's been moving around, and that really makes a lot of sense if we have water and earth coming together, uh, because that creates mud, which could be that clay or that foundation
0: that we can work mm-hmm. with. Uh, so I like I like where you're going with that. I hope we're both right about that. You know, trines aren't always a gift from God. You know, I mean, they could be. Especially get guys like Saturn and Uranus together in a room; they may be getting along, but who knows what they're plotting for us? But you know, I. I I at least am looking for something positive in that chart. And I think that actually looks really positive. And, you know, the eclipse point is try Neptune as well, which at the very least, you know, go for a swim, take a nap. (laughs) You know, what can you do?
1: (laughs) Oh, well, we'll have to keep tracks on it. And if who's ever listening and wants to share some experience, like that's how uh, people like myself and April, you know, grow and learn as astrologers, because we need feedback as to what it is that you're uh, going through. So Mm -hmm. anybody feels like sharing... More than willing to listen. <laughs> yes. Listening. Listening. So, th- yeah, I have a feeling this one is going to be um, a pretty dynamic, even though I've heard a couple of people thinking, oh, it wasn't going to be as important.
0: Yeah, because so far it's, not a total, yeah, it's not a total eclipse. But I think the fact that it's the first in that series and that it is in such a tight opposition to Pluto. Well, um, and it's in cardinal signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're a lot more action oriented and. Um, it's an initiation into something. Mm. When you have cardinal signs here in San Diego, Pluto's right on the Ascendant as well in the, in the eclipse chart with sun and moon in the seventh house. So we'll hear some interesting power dynamics going on with our local government or something, no doubt.
1: Oh, that's interesting. My relocated chart has Pluto conjunct the Ascendant for me here. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> you. Oh. You on going. I know I can't get no matter where I go, I can't get rid of (laughs) where you go. There you are.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, so now we have that full moon lunar eclipse, uh, that total one that is happening, um, at four degrees and 45 minutes Aquarius on Friday, the 27th of July. Um, Mm -hmm. and this one is going to, this one has some special flavor with the moon conjunct Mars and the South node. Um, what
0: do you make of that, April? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, lunar eclipses, of course, only happen at the full moon. Um, you know, new moons are at the, at, uh, rather, solar eclipses are at the new moon. Uh, so the nature of lunar eclipses for me is very relationship oriented because you have the sun and the moon, which are the primal symbols of the two people in the relationship and of the, the energy of giving and taking. Um, and reciprocity that comes in with relationships. So I always look with interest at lunar eclipses when it comes to relationship. And if people are coming to me with relationship issues, then that I'm going to look at the nearest lunar eclipses. I see the energy that's going on. So, so what do you think, um, A lunar eclipse with Mars is saying about relationships, Mel, Uh, (laughs) and on the South Node, it's like a lot of people having conflict and needing to let go of some relationships they're in. I mean, quite simply put,
1: yeah. And it is Mars retrograde too, so there is you know a past issues that might be coming back, especially with the South Node too. It seems like there, it seems like an opportunity to actually bring up things from the past to fully release it in some way, uh, whatever
0: that looks like, you know. Yeah. I think you're right, and especially issues of an Aquarian nature. So, um, do you have enough space in the relationship? And those kinds of issues are probably really coming to the fore. Um, and, you know, the path forward is the sun, you know, with the North Node. It's like, it, I, I feel as if this refers to relationships that, you know, always with eclipses, it's like they've been out of balance and where does the balance need to happen? And the balance here needs to happen in a solar direction. So each person has to be more into their own spirit and their own self and their own goals and these kinds of things, but all of it square. You're honest. Mm, yes. So, you know, it's, it's like lining up pool balls, you know, you get split and you know everything just kind of goes shattering off in a lot of different directions so i would say if a relationship is not on solid ground and has been needing to to dissolve this is a really likely eclipse to see that happen um but always these energies have changed only go that way if something needs to go that way. So I don't think people have to be afraid and go, oh my God, my relationship's this bubble. Like, yeah, if your relationship is shit and you've known it for a long time, this will probably force some issues. Um, And and it is likely. It might be a temporary breakup or a breakup that's kind of more long lasting. But Venus is trying Pluto in this chart. Um, So there is also the sense that, look, either you're going to stay here and you're going to go really deep with stuff and you're really going to get down into it. Or you might as well let it go. Mm. If, if the stronger impulse is to be free and the only way you can feel truly yourself and free is to get out of this relationship, then this is, <laughs> this will be a bit of a turning point. So we previously had eclipses and, you know, I'm talking solar and lunar mm-hmm. um, kind of around 2009, um, 1999 and 2000, 1990 and 91 81 and 82, 80, 72, and 62 and 63. So if people are in a funny place, especially relationship-wise, um, I would say it's worth going back and doing a little work looking at those years and saying, okay, what was going on? What were the, what were the issues happening in my life then and in my chart that may be impacting my, especially my relationships today? Mm, yes, and get a pen, people, so you can get that yeah, right. down and write it down because this is so yeah. fruitful.
1: Yeah, it will surprise you when you go back and you start to make those connections. It is and,
0: surprising. And
1: yeah. let us remember too when we we're talking about relationships, um, yes clearly the relationship to our significant other is usually the most predominant in our life. But relationships mm-hmm. can be anything from friendships to partnerships to business partnerships to those people that you don't care for
0: very much. <laughs> uh, enemies, yes. rivals, all kinds of people. I mean, everybody, every house in your chart has a relationship in it, every single one. So if this eclipse is hitting you like it's in my third house and I'm like, okay, how are every, how's everything going with you know my siblings, my neighbors um you know my in laws all this third house ninth house stuff I mean so far, so good. this hasn't been a huge series for me, but um those are the kinds of relationships that you might look at right? mm. so even even the houses chart that just seem the most innocuous in terms of relationship have a lot of energy there yeah
1: yeah so it's it's yeah it's not always a cut and dry exact a certain way uh it can no, <laughs> happen with any one. of our interactions yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah um so, and I think you're right about that April with going towards that more solar function or that sun energy is for this uh full moon lunar eclipse just because a you know obviously the sun is conjunct the north node trying to push us into this you know further direction and development, um but the sun is also. Uh, now in Leo, which it shines in Leo. It loves Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's giving it an extra added boost if we just kind of move towards that solar energy and then uh, reliefs through that kind of south node, Mars retrograde funnel that's happening in Aquarius.
0: And as you kind of suggested before, it's like maybe there's just something that ha- it's a longstanding issue that you know you've been needing to get into it with the person and you just don't want to do it. Mm. And this is the time that yeah you probably need to have those tough conversations.
1: Yeah, if we're talking about Aquarius, let's clear the air. <laughs> yeah, just let stuff go. Let it go. Let it go so then you can jump into our new moon solar eclipse uh, in Leo, 18 degrees Leo on August 11th the following a uh, couple weeks later. Um, and so any any notable things about that eclipse to you, April?
0: Well, this is a real summing up eclipse because we've been having eclipses around more or less this point, you know, for the last couple of years. So in February of 2017 and August of 2017, we had stuff within a few degrees um, of this eclipse point. So um, I like the fact that this eclipse point is conjunct Mercury, even though it is Mercury retrograde. And that everything's square Jupiter. So there's so much to this eclipse about the energy of awareness, of thought, of clarifying thought, of exchanging ideas, of communicating better, uh, as we all need to do. And Jupiter is always a benign influence. I mean, even if Scorpio is not the lightest sign, uh, but perhaps he promises look, if you're willing to go deep and you've had those difficult conversations, maybe at the lunar eclipse. Now is the time when um, you know, there's this opportunity to move forward, because again, the eclipse point is closer to the north node side of things, mm. um, to, to, to move forward and, and really engage in a positive, creative, loving way with your path and your relationships and everything else. So I mean, it's a much brighter looking eclipse. It does have Venus for Saturn. Uh, which says that, you know, it's not all a walk in the park. And kind of when we talked about the solar eclipse on July 12th and said um, a, a sort of a um, solidifying, uh, uh, you know, our relationship stuff and our money stuff and the stuff that's really been in flux, we get to then make a decision, I think, around this solar eclipse, um, but an informed decision, a decision that comes from a place of stability instead of panic. Mm. There was so much panic when that Uranus went into Taurus that took a lot of people by surprise. So I think as Venus squares Saturn, it says, well, yeah, okay, things have calmed down. I'm not exactly where I want to be. How can I get there? And Venus, Saturn, and square to each other at least gives us some tools. They're both very strong. They're in their rulership. Yeah. Um, you know. And so I think it's like two very strong partners working together. To get us on a path that's positive and moving in a good direction, so I like this. I think if you just look back to last summer and say, "Okay, what were the things that were shouting at me in my life? How have I come along in the last year? Where am I now with that? Am I feeling better about you know myself and and where I'm, the things that I'm moving towards? Um, do I like myself better? <laughs> you know." words. Uh, so if you go back to um, the other years in this series for 2008 and 2009, so that's when the world was starting to fall apart. Um, 1998 through 2000, so a good three-year period, we had a lot of eclipses around this degree. 1990, 1980 and 81, uh, 1971, and 1961 and 62. So I'm actually getting one of my Uh, progressed eclipses because it was right after I was born in 61. So another thing you can do with eclipses, you look at the eclipses after you were born and if you have one within say 60 to 90 days um, after your birth, eventually you're going to experience that in your secondary progressions because the secondary sun and secondary moon will form that eclipse to each other Mm. in the progressions. So this one was like six days after I was born, so around my sixth year around my sixth birthday, I would have had a progress eclipse experience. So those are interesting to look at too. Oh,
1: that is interesting. I'm going to have to go in. I'm like, I'm
0: visualizing it all already in my mind. (laughs) No, if your sun is, is within 30, 30 to 60 degrees of the node. Yeah. It's likely, you know, you're going to go and find it. So you look at the ones prior to your birth you look at the prenatal eclipses, which could be up to six months before you're born. So you look at those and you look at the years that those repeat. And then you can look at the progress ones and you get different interesting messages from those.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because my I, mine is in between. Mine is less than 60 degrees. I'm like, I'm going to have to go take a look here oh, and figure it out. out. <laughs> yes, I
0: mean they. Um, Robert Blaschke, the late Robert Blaschke, was an, a marvelous astrologer with a lot of really interesting ideas. Worked a lot with progress eclipses, and I haven't found as many instances of really dramatic things um, as he talked about with progressed eclipses. But I still think they're interesting, and certainly when I looked at mine, I at least knew what happened. Mm. <laughs> in the- so they're pretty significant.
1: Yes, and for our listeners out there who are like, "What the hell is April talking about?" <laughs> this is this is a little more advanced uh, astrology stuff. But hey, we gotta get those in there uh, because yeah. it's I'm. Fascinated, Um, but I think you're right, April, about kind of revisiting for this new moon uh, solar eclipse that's happening in August on August 11th. um, How it is revisiting those points that we've kind of already hit, uh, and the fact that we do have Mercury involved in in the lunation. I'm I'm wondering if there actually is going to be a sense of clarity that comes at that time for uh, some of the things that we've gone through, um, and then starting fresh on that on that pattern, maybe based off of that. Solar eclipse the the month prior. I mean, who knows, but one can hope
0: <laughs> that there might be. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to frame it. And it is sort of, especially when we're talking about Mercury and Jupiter, it is what you make it. It's mm. the meaning is what you bring to it. And it's about finding the meaning in things and things in the pattern. So if you think that's what it's going to be, that's probably what it'll be. <laughs> I'm setting up. I'm
1: setting up my track of uh, right now. Yeah, that sounds like a good track. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're certainly in for some action, especially uh, this week that this is airing with that first uh, solar eclipse that we talked about, with all that Plutonian type of vibe going on, um, and so. April, any tips, words to the wise for handling eclipse energy? I know you've given us some along the way, but if you were to
0: yeah. sum well, it up. <laughs> warned is forearmed. I mean, just kind of like putting yourself in the mindset, going back to those previous years and doing a little work with that and make notes and do a little journaling around it. Um, and as I said before, it's, it's rarely going to completely take you by surprise. It's, I mean, it, as I say, the circumstances that bring you to a new awareness and a change might bring you by surprise. But again, these are old friends, these issues. These are old friends to you that you've been working with in one way or another your entire life. And it's just every nine years or so, every nine and a half years. And then again, about every 18, 19 years, you're going to get a little kick in the butt about it, you know, and make you look at it in a new way. So I would say, especially with solar eclipses, which seem to me to have a little more of a physical impact, hmm. especially around, you know, the a few days before, especially as we're leading up to solar eclipse, um, they can be very physical. So, you know, practice self-care. I mean, here in California, it's like, and everywhere, it seems this week's been sizzlingly hot and a little bit uncomfortable. So it's like, physical self-care, but emotional self-care as well. Well, if you're an introvert, this is not the time to be pushing yourself out there and being more sociable because it's going to take that much more out of you. The solar function is reduced. It's like a brownout, you know, when we have a solar eclipse. So, take care of your solar self, and if you know it tends to be a little low energy, just kind of protect yourself a little bit. But don't be scared and don't hide under a couch or anything, because it's like it's not like some scary alien force is going to come out of the sky and land in your backyard and you take you on the mothership. It really is like oh shit, this again, you know? Yeah, uh, this old thing that I keep trying to get right. Mm -hmm. And eventually we do get better with them. That's one good piece of advice. Uh,
1: Thank goodness. Well, you know, let's look at it as a window of opportunity because I mean, sometimes opportunity knocks in a way that doesn't immediately look um, that enticing. (laughs) Um, But the truth is, is that unless you play it out, you're you're not going to know where it goes. So I think roll with the punches, uh, like you're saying, do self-care necessary so that you can kind of at least ease yourself into whatever transitions happening or how you're feeling. Uh, it will help you get more in touch with yourself too. Um, so yeah, I think that's great, great words of advice as we move through this, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and with us, we have retrogrades, we have eclipses, we
0: have what, what is an interesting summer. Of, A really, really interesting summer. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting is the right word for it. Yes. So we'll all come together
1: later on when September arrives and and compare notes to see how it happened for everyone. Um, And then we'll all learn. The shattered remnants of our
0: lives.
1: Yes. (laughs) I love it. Oh, April, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy that you obliged my request Um,
0: to talk about eclipses. Well, it's a subject I just love and find really interesting. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, you will be the person I will be contacting in the future as always. So now where can people find you? I know uh, we have mentioned this illustrious eclipse report that you do. So tell us more about how they can get to you, what you have on offer um, and also an impromptu speaking engagement here in San Diego.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Yes. Well, I mean, everybody can always find me at bigskyastrology.com. Um, my website. I spend a certain amount of time on Facebook um, in terms of social media. I have intermittent presence on Instagram and Twitter. Um, But yeah, I sell um, an eclipse report called Followed by a moon shadow and it's been written over many, many years. I've been selling it for a lot of years now, but it covers three years and basically it goes in and just does all the work for you and says, okay, these eclipses are going to be falling in this house. They're going to be aspecting these planets This is when it's happened before, and then there's a little worksheet with it, and some interpretations of what it's like with eclipses aspecting planets. So it's a computerized report, but it is based on your birth chart, and it's pretty comprehensive, and it goes over the prenatal and progressed eclipses and all of this stuff. So for people that just don't want to do all that work, and it's a big report, it's more than 40 pages, um, because it covers three years. So they can find that on my website, along with information about my readings and my books and other reports that I sell and things. And as you said, I do have this, um, this talk at STAS on July 13th. Oh, the day after. (laughs) That's the day after, which should be interesting. And I'm talking about, um, the natal lunar phase and how that acts in relationships. Um, so that it's a talk I gave at UX. So I feel pretty comfortable with it. And, um, I found it really interesting to prepare. And then I'm going to be speaking possibly in Chicago in October, but that's not confirmed yet, but I'll be in New Zealand at the end of the year on December 7th through 9th in Auckland at a conference. They're doing an inaugural conference over there. It's called making of the one thing. So I'll be doing a couple of talks there. And periodically, you know, I do webinars and things and I'm going to participate in a relationship astrology course that Margaret Gray and Armand Diaz are putting together. They do a lot of relationship astrology stuff. So Coming up in the near term, that's where I can be found.
1: (laughs) And that is plenty on offer. So once again, that's Big Sky Astrology. And you're just going to love her site when you go there. It's so beautifully designed. The images are gorgeous. Yeah, you're going to love it. April laughs but she deserves the recognition <laughs> as any good Leo does. You, um, I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> and it's like a Leo sun square Neptune. So I'm like, oh
1: <laughs> I'm like, no, not me, not me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, so, well, if you want to find out more about those eclipses, check out that uh, report. I might have to do so myself. I didn't, I didn't even realize it was so in, in depth and, and linked. Ah,
0: the one. A little sample of it on the chart, uh, on the uh, site too. So they can see if it's for them. Oh, perfect. Perfect.
1: All right. Well, um, where can you find me? Well, you'll find me Friday the 13th watching April speak SDS. Because I'm looking forward to that. I missed that talk at UAC and I was hoping to see it. So, this is, yeah. uh, So, even though it was impromptu and we lost a speaker we really wanted to see, I'm mad at it. Um, (laughs) Yay. So. But other than that, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles, where I do daily... Uh, things going on. I have my stories that are up every day. Um, and so that's where you can find me most of the time. Uh, and then as you've probably heard a few times in this podcast, I also have my Patreon subscription. So if you want to get uh, into that that tarot action and my weekly custom tarot spread, you can check that out at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, so... Last but not least, if you like what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. Spread the good word, you know, get, the, get it out there. And if you feel so inclined, uh, I would love a review on iTunes because the more reviews I get, and hopefully positive ones, <laughs> um, it will help me get up in the ranks so that other people can find me. And the sea of that is astrology.
0: Um, so thank you again, April, so much for being here. Thank you, Mel. I really, I had a good time and I really appreciate it. Yes.
1: Oh, I know. It's so hard to say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I will see you very soon. I know, very very soon. So thanks again. All right. So everyone, thank you as well for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you.